on today's episode of Cordially Indicted. You know that scene oh, in Hercules gosh. where he like grabs the tornado? Yes, the cycle and he just swings it around. <laughs> it's gone. Yeah, I will I will do that. I will become Hercules so yeah, that just grab it. Just grab it. Just pick it just up. Girl, it move it. <laughs> nah, go get the emergency kit. <laughs> You are cordially indicted. Welcome to the courthouse, a place where we walk the line between couples planning their biggest day ever and the professionals who make it happen. Meet your counsel and co-host, Rachel Willis, a wedding planner, and Kelsey Williams, a wedding designer. The world is evolving and weddings are no exception. Navigating this industry can be as challenging as it is rewarding. And there's a lot of information out there. We're here to set the record straight and give our best counsel as you plan for the big day, no matter which side you're on. We're going to give it to you straight. This is a safe place for honest conversations surrounding potentially controversial topics in the wedding world. Be prepared for some strong opinions and harsh truths, but above all, a desire to bring clarity to an otherwise enigmatic industry. Feel free to reach your own verdict. And remember, we don't mean to judge. Allegedly. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Yes, we're here. We're here again. You cannot get rid of us. And we have a very special guest with us. Say hi, yeah. Jesse. <laughs> hey, y'all. What's up? <laughs> yes, we have the events with Jesse in studio. <laughs> Let's pretend we have a studio for a second. <laughs> we are in the studio. What are you talking about? We are not recording from our respective homes. <laughs> Closet, living room. Jesse, where are you? room oh Oh gosh gosh. yeah we're back with another fun-filled episode this is going to be an exciting one uh not only because we have our fabulous guests with us but we're trying a little bit of a different format and we're going to keep it loose and fun and candid and just see how how that goes I think we're going to have a lot of fun on this one so stay tuned no specific topic this time we're just gonna cover a whole lot of bases let it fly. Yes. But yeah, welcome, Jesse. Oh my gosh. Do we thank have you for like being a... here? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> of course. Of course. We want to start, I guess, by having you just kind of talk about your experience. We usually say what gives you the audacity to be here on the podcast. <laughs> Making <laughs> <But> these, yeah, <laughs> giving these opinions, sharing these thoughts. Yeah. So tell the people about you. They want to know. Um, okay, so I think event-wise, I actually started in the event industry um, back in like 2012-2013. So I used to do events at the Pearl Museum. And when I was there, I strictly just sold the museum. So I knew that place like the back of my foot. <laughs> like. <laughs> The way that it goes, how many guests can be there, the flow, et cetera, et cetera. And from there, I kind of paused on it because I went to uh, UTA to get my bachelor's in sociology. Because back then, I really wanted to, like, you know, connect with people, get to know people, et cetera, et cetera. And then I worked at the spa, which is at the Jewel Hotel. And I kind of just had, like, a job there that was, like, real whatever. Like, cool, I just need something to finish school, like front desk awesome and then I also just had the opportunity to know about massages and facials 
Oh, you already know my skin was glowing. Your skin, <laughs> Your skin stayed glowing. That explains a lot, Girl, actually. <laughs> I wish. Like, I was so in tune with my um, skincare regimen. And I'm like, okay, cool. Um, and then from there, I ended up getting into the catering sales team at the Jewel. So I was a catering coordinator. Then I was a service manager. And in between, I was kind of like a wedding day I don't want to say captain, but, and it wasn't a butler and it wasn't a concierge either. Anywho, there was this role that my um, former director, Billy, had encouraged me to do where I actually was with the family and it was like a liaison between the hotel and um, the family just because I was always with them. So I kind of followed them around. And when I say follow around, I don't mean like just you know, being a creep in the background, (laughs) but literally just being like, okay, cool. You're with the photographer. We're over here. We're taking pictures Um, and just kind of giving like live updates to like the hotel team. And that was pretty fun. And then from there, I was strictly servicing events at the Jewel that were sold. And then I serviced. So I was there like almost every other weekend. And I was just like, dang, like I live here right now. (laughs) But to be honest, like I was living for it. I loved being there every weekend. I'm like, cool, here's another wedding. Like, um, let's see how this one goes. Just because they're all so different. Like it was never the same celebration. So like, I remember just being completely cool and okay with that. And just being like, all right, cool. This is where I'm at. Um, and then I got promoted to actually like selling the space and servicing. So I did both and I'm not going to lie, girl, doing both of those, like was pretty hard. Not going to lie. Like some parts of it were challenging. Cause it's like, okay, cool. You had to like get into like different modes, but It was really hard. Like sometimes I'm not going to say I would have breakdowns because I wouldn't have breakdowns, but girl was I close to that. (laughs) I was walked the line. Yes. And it's just like, you know, kind of going over that part. It's just like, dang, like there's a lot that kind of goes into both parts. And honestly, like it's weird because like there was a timeline that I had in my head where it's like, cool, I'm going to do this role, then do this role, then go here, go here, whatever. But I really feel like if I wasn't a service manager before I sold in service, like, I don't know if I would be as, like, what's the word? Like, tenured in a way because I feel like you almost have to literally live in the space if you even try to sell it or to be like, this is what works, this is what doesn't work or this is what you have to keep in mind because literally like one wedding, like I'm not going to say something had to go wrong, but like, you know, there are some little mistakes that you're like, you know what? No one saw that. Like (laughs) the show's going on, (laughs) but you kind of learn to be like, okay, cool. Like I'm going to address that next time. Or you know what? That happened once. It ain't going to happen again. Yeah. (laughs) You know, sometimes problems have to reveal themselves to you. They do. They really do. And I think, um, that was part of a huge curve at first because I feel like, I don't know if I just speak for myself on this, but I feel like those that are within the hospitality industry or are in events specifically, like, I feel like we have a specific heart to what we do. And I, and I really do believe like this industry or what we do isn't for the faint hearted because there's definitely a lot that like goes into it or, you know, we're naturally like all people pleasers. Like we're all want to be there for our clients, our families. And I think as that's going on and you're going through it, like you want the best. So it's like, you're kind of always like on in a way. So 
I have no idea where I was going with that, but <laughs> that's okay. Well, what this are very you on brand for the quarterly yes. podcast? Yeah, this is um, you're right in there. You're you're definitely in there with us. But yeah, that everything you said, like completely. Yes, we have an episode about mental health that kind of touches on the onness and the service aspect and the people pleasing aspect and the perfectionism and all of the things um, that come with being a part of this industry. Um, so yeah, that's your, you are preaching to the choir for sure. Well, what are you, what is your current role? What are you, what are you currently up to? Oh girl, I'm glad you asked. Okay. So, uh, I am a project manager for pop parties. So I, um, work for the company of course, and I manage, um, clients both that have been assigned to myself or even working with other clients that are for the team that are part of the team too. So essentially like um, depending on the project and what's been assigned, I'm a part of that. And I help with the execution, um, getting vendors lined up just based on like referrals or what would be a good fit for like the family and all that. So yeah, I'm a project manager for pop parties. Oh my gosh, great. Well, thank you for sharing your story and your journey. We're gonna get all up into it in just a second so don't worry we're gonna hear a lot more <laughs> from you um but yeah that's that's jesse also he's awesome um socials just gonna go ahead and plug those it's events with jesse right on yes. Instagram. <laughs> yeah, is yeah. there like any dashes or underscores or anything no, just all together look at that events with jesse definitely give him a follow um and follow along his adventures and all the fun things that happen you find a lot of like cute little like tidbits on instagram i find myself finding stuff on your profile and then going and reposting it myself because i'm like where did he find that that's a great little nugget real like sometimes okay so i feel like if i'm going through stories like i'll find it or it's crazy because i feel like nowadays a lot of people are really into like tiktok and girl, I mean, I like have a TikTok account, but like I do not use it. Like, because I feel like the times that I've used it, I've been sucked into it. And it's like you can just keep watching videos and videos and videos, and it can be about the most random things ever. Like truly. Oh girl. So, <laughs> on Instagram, like I'll just go through like my um my like main page and I just kind of scroll through there. And some of the stuff I read, I'm like, okay, I can relate to this. Like let me share it. And yeah, I feel like it gives me a little bit of insight. I don't know if it's either by a quote or a story or like a vendor providing something. I'm just like, this is pretty cool. Like, yes, more people need to see this. Yes. Yeah. yeah please keep sharing. I reshare them. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, y'all look, that's our intro. I That might be record time. Um, congrats to us. We did it. Thank you, Jesse, for keeping <laughs> us on track. Apparently, we need you around. Um, but yeah, before we get into the hot topics, I think it's time for our disclaimer. Okay. Rachel and Kelsey and today, Jesse, will have differing opinions from time to time, as will you. The intent of the pod is not to offend, but to inform and educate us that your decisions affect not just professionals involved, but you, your partner, your family, and everyone affiliated with the success of your wedding. We know this is emotional. Weddings are emotional. And as always, we're welcome to make your own judgment. And these are just our opinions to garner an open discussion. Excellent job. <laughs> Jesse, I don't know if you've ever heard the disclaimer before, but the goal is that she gets faster and faster every time. So it becomes like that fine print text ah, at the end of a good. like a commercial. <laughs> It was Medicine. good. It was good. 
Well, yeah, so without, without further ado, we will now call this episode officially to order. Woo-hoo. Oh my god, I have a cat. I'm sorry. I knew it. I knew a cat was gonna just appear <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> which one? Uh, which one do you it's think? Baggy. It's probably it, Baggy. It's Baggy. It it... <laughs> no, her name is Bagheera, like from the Jungle Book. Oh, um, cute. Yes, but she's kind of she's needy and very vocal so she almost always finds herself in the pod somewhere same he's like y'all gonna y'all are gonna hear me you thought oh you God. could okay well yeah so we have some topics jesse we do a lot of talking on this podcast obviously that's what podcasts are but sometimes we just get sick of hearing our own voices you ever have that oh all the time girl <laughs> i mean especially being in this industry you're like on phone calls on zoom calls in meetings talking to vendors talking to clients so we figured that we would um pr- pose a couple questions to you we'll of course chime in but just curious to hear your thoughts on some of these hot topics is that okay all right go ahead great okay so number one what is one of your biggest pet peeves when working with vendors, guests, or clients? You can answer for one or two or all three. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Okay, so of course, before I um, answer this, I do also want to preface that like anything that I say, I don't want it to be directly like correlated with like the company I work for, which is Pop Parties. Of course. So this is going to be more so either like experiences in my life um, experiences I have either witnessed, I have been a part of, or that I've kind of just seen happen where I'm just like, what? Um, so the first scenario that actually comes to my mind is going to be a, a part of my other life uh, when I worked at a venue. And I think pet peeves that happened with working with, I'm just going to say vendor specifically. Um, And a vendor can mean anything. Like it can mean anything internal or external. Um, But I remember I was um, at an event, we were getting everything ready. And basically we were at the event and it's like, okay, like we're getting ready for setup. We need this going on. And I asked the vendor, I'm like, hey, like what's going on here? Like are you missing anything? What can I do? Uh, just because I felt like working for a venue, like I like to make myself available like to everyone. Vendors, our clients, our planners, like everyone. Like, Thank you. You're there. Yeah, you're there. Sometimes on- venue people like disappear on you and you're like, where did you go? Like, I can't do, I can't get the lights yeah, off or they look, I can't get the lights on. Yes. <laughs> and I feel like for venues specifically, like you know, since I was a catering sales manager, it's like, okay, cool. There are certain moments um, that are part of the wedding where it's like, okay, cool. Like I don't specifically run that, or that's not something that like falls within what I need to do. Cause my main responsibility is obviously like food and beverage, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now I think that just depends on your client, to be honest, like it depends on how high touch your client is. It depends on that relationship because even as a venue manager like you don't have the luxury of working with a planner always Mm -hmm. so sometimes you do have to step in and be like okay like what about this what about your layout what about your diagram like what are we doing what do you what's involved and I feel like on the day of like I would be there even if it was for ceremony or the start of cocktail hour or the end of cocktail hour like depending on the transition or the spaces that you have to go within like being available is super important but 
in this case, like, let's say there's a scenario where you're not there or, you know, your captain is there and you're like, cool, I need to go use the restroom or like, I'm going to go finish up this BEL for next weekend's celebration. Cool. I'm be right back. Cool. Um, and I think coming back and kind of realizing that, you know, you've asked questions, you're like, hey, what about this? And working with vendors, there was a scenario where um, I'm not sure what specific vendor it was, but they were uh, basically caught like taking some of the wine that was from the bar. And it's just like, okay, like, why is this happening? And, you know, (laughs) with that going in car, like there's there's actual camera footage of you grabbing this wine and like hiding behind the curtain. So (laughs) yeah and it's just like okay like why are you trying to take our wine like number one like you know we're using that for the event that's for the client number two you're just like messing with our inventory and now it's like okay cool like what if that would have been the one bottle of champagne that the family wanted specifically for table number seven you know what I'm saying I think there's certain scenarios where it's just like, okay, we need to be upfront and honest with each other. Like if you wanted a wine or, Hey, you know what, Jesse, like it's the end of the night. I want a glass of this. Sure. I got you. (laughs) Like, let me go get you a glass of something like, sure, whatever. But then when you're there and you're basically like putting on a front about something that was or was not done, it's just like, okay, cool. Like, you're straight up just like lying to my face now. <laughs> oh my God. Um, so we need people uh, to be honest. That is, uh, don't, don't, well, first of all, don't rob the bar. <laughs> There's a start. I mean, you know what this, and this reminds if me of you're gonna that. rob the bar, don't, don't look me in my face on, like when you're caught on surveillance tape and tell me you didn't. <laughs> exactly. So I think that's just something where it's like, Number one, like you're not being honest. Number two, can I even trust you with anything um, mm-hmm. in terms of the service you're providing or what you're doing? Or, you know, it just kind of causes that hindrance to be like, okay, like if you want to um, falsify the truth with something, you know, as minuscule as that, it's like, okay, what else? You know what I'm saying? Totally. Yeah. I feel like in general, the alcohol during an event thing is so. I think it's like polarizing in the sense that you've got like certain vendors and I will say maybe like potentially more associated with a more budget conscious tier, you know, mm-hmm. tend to be a little bit more lax on that front. But for those of us that are trying to provide a very elevated experience and in the luxury market, like that's kind of a big no, no. Cause it's like, yeah, it's kind of just understood to be in the high touch space. Absolutely. And like, even if like, I don't know, I don't really believe the thinking that like, oh, somebody would like do a better job when they're drinking. Cause the people try to use that excuse. Oh my God. I know. (laughs) And it's just like, okay, is that part of your contract? Like, (laughs) (laughs) you know what though I had, and I found that this is a thing more in Austin. And I think it's because Austin's like a heavy live music city and a lot of the bands have in their contract that they're supposed to be able to like drink beer during events and that always throws me and I think it's because they're so used to doing like live performances but not necessarily for like a wedding 
but there's like a lot more stuff involved with a wedding you know wedding entertainment and wedding logistics so it always throws me and I have to be like extra careful for it but anyways yeah alcohol during weddings for vendors is always seems to be like a weird a weird thing like out of the ordinary it's just like you know I agree with you I do feel like oh like is that really necessary like you know you're right you're at someone's wedding like this isn't truck yard you know what I mean like (laughs) right like err on the side of caution I would say like overall my answer would be just like a just in case no type of thing yeah. like it probably so probably nothing will go wrong but like let's just pretend for let's just for the sake of you know safety just maybe just don't like what's the harm in not doing it there isn't a harm in not doing it but there potentially is harm in doing it yeah, yeah. and then it's very like, okay, very interesting very up. interesting indeed like you show up and it's like okay well what did you drink before you showed up Right. And then it makes you accountable oh God, too, fair. right? Like, it's like, it makes you accountable of like, if something were to go wrong, let's not have it be like, yeah. And I saw her drinking too. Like, you know, like at least be able to be cognizant and coherent and not let that become something that people are falsely attaching to what, to what may have gone wrong. Yeah. So at the very, very end of the night during strike, during strike, guests are gone. If, right, guests are gone. If the bar is looking at me like, hey, do you want this opened bottle that we can't do anything we with? can't and return like, oh, you know it. I will take that bullet for you, sir. That's less storage that you have to worry That's about. Right. You're I'm taking that load off your <laughs> off your plate. <laughs> but like everybody's gone by that point. Uh, like to do it during an event or before an event or anything in like where people could see. That's just very, I don't know don't love the optics of that yeah because it's like you know how would you feel if like I mean I know they're like different realms but like okay what if like your surgeon was like taking shots before and it's like oh I just think in no professional setting is it standard aside from what you just mentioned Rachel I guess like live music if you're like a band person and you're accustomed to doing festivals and all that type of thing I know that's a whole different ball game but in any other professional setting I don't know. I don't think that you're typically expected to be drinking on the job. That's just how I feel about it. Definitely not. That was interesting. Thank you for sharing. (laughs) Okay. How has the transition from the venue side been to the planning side? Oh, girl. Did you have any things that you expected would be a lot easier that were a lot more difficult or... Just talk um, to us about how that's been. Okay, so <laughs> it's funny because so obviously like working on the venue side, there there is a lot to manage. Like, and it also depends on the venue, the location. Um, if you're working at a hotel that's uh full service. Um, and just because like I was at a boutique luxury property, we were full service. So whenever I would kind of get asked about like my role or what do I do, I try to explain it in a way where it's like, okay, like maybe you can understand this or maybe if I describe it this way, like it'll kind of click. But I always described having the internal team at the hotel as my own vendor list. And I know that at that time it's like cool, like there is a wedding planner, event planner. They have their own set of vendors that they work with. The florist, photographer, um, entertainment, 
decor, et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, cool. Those are the vendors that we're welcoming in for the evening. Now, as um, the rep and the event manager and catering sales manager, I'm like, cool, like that's your vendor team. Now it's up to me to make sure that I can set up my own internal team for success for the arrival of the guest clients and other vendors. Mm-hmm. And the internal team for my property specifically was, okay, cool. I have front desk, I have engineering, valet, I have banquets. Um, there's also housekeeping. And, you know, I'm probably missing like a few load off the top of my head, but, you know, we would meet once a week or depending on the scope of the events, maybe twice. Um, and we would touch with every department of what their role looked like specifically for event day. And I'm just going to kind of go over like a general overview. It's like, okay, you have the bride or the mother of bride checking in on Friday, the day before wedding day on Saturday. They want an early check-in request because they want to get their hair and makeup done in the room and they want to be able to go to the rehearsal on time, which is either on property or off property. And then they want to be ready for the rehearsal dinner. Now, that sounds like an easy request of like, yeah, I want early check-in, you know, and coming from the client's perspective, like, obviously, if you're at a hotel, you're like, I'm spending X amount here and I'm doing this and, you know, I need to be ready at this time. This room needs to be ready now. And, you know, depending on the location and all, like, sometimes that room will be taken the day before. And, you're thinking, okay, cool. Well, that guest can check out. We'll clean the room. We'll have it ready by two. Which, yes, in theory, like, yes, it sounds super easy. Yes, we can do that. But it's like, okay, now we have to get that room ready. Let's say the guest before checks out at 12 and your check-in time is at three and you want to go in at two. It's like, all right, cool. Like, how can I get that ready for you? And now I have to get the housekeepers to go in there and make sure that engineering does its round. Then it gets audited and there's like a supervisor who checks their room to make sure that it's been inspected, ready for the guest to go in cool there you go let's say the guest checks in and there's something that was missed there is um let's call it a dirty toilet paper on the toilet and you're like oh my god there (laughs) is something on the toilet and it's like okay like obviously like we want to address it like we want to make sure everything is nice and clean cool so that's already their experience they left their car in valet this uh rehearsal dinner is off-site cool let me get my car oh I waited 20-30 minutes on valet because it's a Friday evening and there's also restaurants on site and we're also smack yeah. downtown awesome valet is affected um the next day you're going through with this and then you're realizing that housekeeping didn't like turn the room or they didn't address the room that it should have been accordingly so housekeeping's involved again uh and then we're going through the whole event um oh my god this a uh, dual plated meal is not what we tried at the tasting and this is not it. And I did not want the broccolini. I wanted the Brussels sprouts and like, whatever, you know? So you're kind of going through these things and you're like touching base with the team. And if anything else happens, like they go straight to the event manager because Carol Sue, you know, wasn't speaking to the front office manager or the valet supervisor during this whole planning process. Like they've been speaking to me So like, even if something bad or something um, not so great was associated with any part of that experience from valet to front desk to 
the event itself to housekeeping like the first person that they're going to go to is me like they're going to yeah ask, come to me and be like what about this what about this what about this that's a good point and it's just like okay cool like you're my client you know I've been planning with you for let's call it eight ten months as well I also have that relationship with the family and the client so kind of dealing with that and going over that was like okay cool now full transparency yes there's an internal team at the hotel but girl I would be lying if the turnover rate <laughs> didn't change every few weeks or months like mm-hmm. and it's not because you know people are bad or people just can't really like live up to certain standards but it's more so having to deal with someone that comes into a game that's already been played a few times and having to adjust to how the game gets played. Not yeah. saying that, you know, life's a game or whatever, but <laughs> <laughs> I think going over from an internal team that I knew how every bit and crevice worked in a location mm-hmm. to now going into a position where the vendor team can vary from every celebration from every wedding to a specific florist to a specific lighting company or um, a photographer that you're working with for the first time and you know it's adjusting to working with specific work styles communication styles and honestly kind of knowing the craft of each of those vendors from a planner perspective like you know, these families and clients are trusting you to make their one wedding (laughs) like the best thing ever that they've been dreaming of since they were children. And I think the process from working at a luxury boutique venue to a luxury planning company has been good because I feel like the same standards that I tried to upkeep myself are very well present, but I think it's also been like a huge knowledge curve because now it's like, okay, cool. Now I have to learn a little bit more about this um, pizza that I'm enjoying. Like I only knew two slices of it, you know, now I have eight more slices to go. Now I have to learn about the stationary slice, the mm-hmm. um, slice, the florist slice, the linen slice, like it's a big pizza. So <laughs> it is a big pizza. Oh my gosh, what a good a analogy. Pizza. So I think even just going from uh, one pizza size to the other, it's like I was working with a medium pizza, you know, three toppings, same one, cool. To now going to like a large gargantuan supreme exotic <laughs> pizza that's like, okay, cool. Like this pizza changes and flavors toppings and temperature from Brooklyn to thin crust to oven baked or whatever <laughs> so, so I love it true I yeah, remember I love being very humbled when I left my last venue position to start my own company because I was like oh, psh, I've got this like I had seen enough planners by that point to kind of know what I did and didn't like so I was like I'm psh, I'm going to be fine. I know exactly all the things. I know the vendors. And then I like left and actually had to start planning other people's weddings. And I was like, huh, okay, maybe I knew a little bit less than I thought that I did. (laughs) And it was just a matter of like trying to not let it show because it's stuff that you can learn. And if you have a baseline in the industry, like that already helps rather than completely starting from scratch. But it was a bit humbling when it was like, okay, 
I've gone from, like you said, knowing the ins and outs of this one thing to now I have to learn the ins and outs of every single other category. And every single category has different vendors, like business owners, and they each have a different process too. You have to learn each one's process in order to match up that company with the right client. And it becomes this whole thing. So whole entire thing you like have to figure out you you don't like reinvent the wheel but it feels like you you meet no two weddings are alike very few weddings have the exact same vendor team um just like from top to bottom and you know just depend all sorts of variables come into play um you know you're working with different venues even I mean knowing like different spaces and understanding who's at what space and what their structure is, what you're allowed to do. Some venues are like, you can't have open flame. Some venues like you can't have open flame. This, all those types of things that, that makes complete sense. And I think that, um, yeah, that's a very understandable transition coming from venue and imp- certainly a great skill set to bring into a planning role. I could see how there would be some additional things that you were introduced to maybe for the first time. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know you know what's so scary too is it's kind of like how when a movie bombs everyone blames the director or when like a team like a football team loses they blame the coach it's Mm -hmm. literally the same thing in a wedding it's like if something goes wrong or if like a vendor doesn't do what they were supposed to do or you know you can plan everything to a t but ultimately you're working with other people who get involved and you know, most of the time it's great, but every once in a while you can find yourself in that position if you don't do your due diligence where somebody maybe like either drops the ball, has an off day or something in that realm, but it's you at that point because you're the lead on everything and you've either made the recommendation or you have, you know, assumingly done all the homework and things you have to do on the front end and then... (laughs) lo and behold you can still have things that go wrong and even if it's not in your control it's just tis what it is yeah and presumably you've sold yourself as a person that can navigate issues and problems that arise so if those things arise then people start looking at you like all right do some of that problem solving you promised me you could do <laughs> meanwhile there's a tornado, the time a literal is tornado not- <laughs> like girl, yeah so you said you could handle my every need um so that's like pick the, the tornado up and move it over there yeah the just pick up the tornado oh my god move it, <laughs> move it. Move it. You now that scene oh in hercules gosh. where he like grabs the tornado. yes the cycle and he just swings it around. <laughs> it's gone yeah i will i will do that i will become hercules so yeah, that describe it describe it just pick it up just girl move it, it. <laughs> yeah go get the emergency kit <laughs> You don't have tornado spray in your emergency kit. Tornado spray, just like yeah, just blow it. Just imagine you see you're standing on the back patio of Arlington Hall, like with a little spray bottle. It's just like be gone. I'm ready. Like this aspirate's gone, disappears. Yes, that would be too funny. If only storm be gone, right? Yes, storm be gone. Any any weather condition that is unpleasant, just a spray for that, please. Someone someone work on it. Thanks, science. 
<laughs> I'm just going to fill it with like holy water or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just spritz it in the air. Well, I mean, speaking of wild and crazy weather, what is the wildest thing that you have had happen to you during your time in the event industry? Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> so like the first one that comes to mind. <laughs> so I feel like all my like great, like crazy stories are literally like in my venue. Five time Jesus. So <laughs> feel that. No, I can say the exact so same thing. That's because that's, <laughs> that's when you were doing the most amount of weddings too, because like, just right. Like, statistically the volume that you're doing at that point, you're going to do a ton more. So it's more likely that you're going to have a bunch of wild and crazy stories anyways continue so it's it's summer (laughs) it's summer you know summer in texas oh she's so gorgeous right so like there is maybe two clouds in the sky and (laughs) like okay cool like it's not that hot the sun's out like all right cool and the venue where i worked at like it had an indoor outdoor um space And that space was like ceremony heaven, like ceremonies were just in awe there. But if you reached over, I think it's 220 guests, like some of them have to sit outside. Cool. So this wedding, I want to say was like 260 or 250. So like a good 30, 40 guests would have to sit outside. So we're getting ready. Um, And I always like to be present, like at the ceremony, And I'm just like, okay, cool. Like, I'm going to be there, kind of get things going. Like, it kind of gives me a sense of like, this is starting now. So, of course, cocktail hour will be later. Whatever, whatever, whatever. So, we're getting ready. Guests have already started to arrive. (laughs) And literally out of nowhere, all you hear is like, (laughs) so I'm like, hold up, wait a minute. So I look, <laughs> I look up, why is there like the biggest, grayest cloud in the sky, like four minutes before ceremony start time? And then there's like this gust of wind that's coming in. And I remember me and the planner, like I looked at her and I was like, no fucking way. <laughs> just no way yeah and then it starts like downpouring oh no wait what year was this because i have a very similar experience for a summer wedding this had to have been in 2009 oh my god i wonder i wonder if it was the same wedding same day the exact same shit happened to me we were like outside and then out of the literal clear blue sky it just started downpouring. I was like, out of this nowhere. Is, yeah, zero percent chance on the weather radar too. And we had been checking that whole week, and it just out of nowhere was like, hey, guess what? Here's a monsoon. Seriously, and it was like downpour. I'm talking about like heavy raindrops that just left the buffet. Like <laughs> these weren't these little sprinkle dinkles. Like no, it was <laughs> raining. Plops. So literally, I remember being like. I got on my radio and I'm like, hey, we need help on the terrace. Like, please come now. <laughs> and we go and like the planner's there. I'm there. The banquet team is there. We literally moved in like floral arrangements, a welcome table, 40 chairs. And we squeezed it into this terrace location like none other. And at the end of the day, they still got married. And it was <laughs> like, beautiful, I'm sure. And it was beautiful. And I remember I was pouring rain in my lucky blazer. You know, you know oh. the one. You know the yes. one. <laughs> the signature <laughs> Jesse blazer. 
<laughs> have you look and has Not your little pin. signature jesse but i think that is the craziest thing because i'm like there's no way like there's no way yeah. um and then i think the second craziest was that we had this event for a company and our lawn location and of course like the fire um inspector or the fire gadget whoever you know the people that you're like they're never gonna show up shows up fire marshal fire marshal i cannot think of the name and they like try to get us to switch all these candles to like boat candles jesse are we talking about that one that one (laughs) i think i know which one you're talking about and i think that was crazy to me because i'm like we're trying to do what like <laughs> guest arrivals is like right now and you want us like to right that second and we had right to mm-hmm, and this was a friday if i recall in downtown dallas uh-huh. in, in december <laughs> yeah yeah in december so we have yeah. like this beautiful like candle collection we're talking about like perfectly placed it looks great to random fire marshal who is just in the neighborhood and was like about this 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 and I was like okay so yeah that was fun um and it's just things that like you literally just happen like you're not even thinking of it like you're thinking like all right cool everything's looking great um and then the most random thing will happen and then that causes like a trickle effect and it's like all right yep You'll be smooth sailing and thinking, and you're like near the end of your setup and you have gorgeous candle collections on your tables and then the fire marshal's just in the area. Yes. And uh, makes so. you strip every single one off the table and you have to make a run to Michael's and Target <laughs> on Highway 75 on a Friday at rush hour before 400 people show up to get some candles back on the tables and buy fake ones and oh it's target for batteries yeah yeah <laughs> i would have cried funny funny you should mention i someone involved in the event did <laughs> <laughs> wow i always think that the answer to that question for me is something weather related because i have seen some things having worked at the gardens um but yeah, a, a similar, there's an above zero chance that um, the exact same thing happened to me on the exact same day in the exact same it place. It probably was. I wonder how many people that storm affected. <laughs> yes. Where were you on June, whatever, 2019? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. That'd be interesting. But yeah, that's the crazy stories really never end um it's always interesting to commiserate and just see like what have you gone through what have you seen what have what have we all what have we all gone through and it the answer is a lot I could probably if we tried to write a book like just took all the Dallas vendors and tried to like compile our experiences into one memoir we should it would be like an encyclopedia where you have to have multiple volumes correct correct and I feel even like it's kind of like the stuff we live for though because it's like can you believe this shit (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then like especially the times when you you know knock it out of the park as far as a solution and everything goes and like it really challenges you to stretch your brain for the solution and you know we've got there's a lot to be said about experience and having 
the know-how to get things done that you know are coming and that you've been in the situation before, but when those situations that you've never been in before come up, there's an adrenaline rush there. And it, so for some people, for some people, it can break them down. Oh, for, for, for <laughs> some right. people, the adrenaline is helpful. And I'm like, I, I kind of thrive on the, the energy spike. And then like the managing, first of all, your reaction, because you can't look like you're frazzled, even if you are, even if you're feeling that like blood pumping, heart racing, poker face. <laughs> and then people are like, you are so calm when you handle that. Like I was crying in my car. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know. <laughs> That's the thing. You never let the client see. I think I've only cried one time on, at an event, but it wasn't like, it was before the event actually started. It was like, it was when I was at the Arboretum and it was only in front of the setup guys. And I think it scared the shit out of them because they had no idea what to do. <laughs> and I laugh when I cry. So I, I literally do look a little bit hysterical and crazy. So I was, so they just, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was like five different things that all happened at one time that were wrong. And everybody came up to me in that exact moment and we're like, Hey, Rachel, this has gone wrong. Hey, Rachel, this has gone wrong. Hey, Rachel. Oh, the rentals from, from my venue and the other venue were switched and not in the right oh, yeah, venue. That happens. And so that happened something else and then like four other things happened and the setup guys like, came up and delivered the last piece of bad news and I was like can I just can I have a minute <laughs> like, <laughs> like <laughs> I was like I wasn't like bawling or anything it was like a tear but it could you like I literally looked like a psychopath and I could tell and like the, that everyone saw the fear in their eyes like I've never seen a group of full men look so terrified in their entire life <laughs> so oh, funny no. in retrospect um but yeah I had my little two minute moment and then I walked back and I was good again but like you gotta just gotta kind of you know pull your pants up and keep going girl and we're okay. okay sorry keep going Kelsey <laughs> no you're good I mean that I was gonna say referring back to our mental health episode know that we are doing that for you like we're stuffing our own feelings down keeping ourselves in check like doing the most like suppression of emotions that a person could potentially do and like that's so when you're wondering like you know why should we humanize vendors and why should we like keep planners in our thoughts and prayers (laughs) because (laughs) this is why why like you think and it's like well they seem fine they're great like they love this you love this like oh no like don't get me wrong I love this but I have to put me on the back burner so that you can have a good day and and I'm willing to do that and I'm going to do that and you know just keep keep in mind that we we very much have those emotions even if you're not seeing them yeah yeah I agree and when even when Rachel was saying like you know we have to like of course, put on like our good face and it just comes down. Um, have y'all seen American Beauty? I haven't. I need to. I, I know not. that it's one of those that like I you're supposed not. to see as somebody that likes movies. And I Girl, American Beauty is such a good movie. Like this is not marketing for them at all. Hashtag <laughs> 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 not an ad. <laughs> yeah, not an ad, but American Beauty, like it's an old, older movie, but like it is so good like it's one of those movies where like you just have to watch it after a while because the plot you're like (laughs) but okay so I'm referencing this movie because I saw it like two weeks ago 
and I'm gonna give you like a quick uh, tidbit, but like the wife of or like the wife mom, you know, woman who plays that role in the movie, she's also a realtor. So there's like scenes where she's going into the houses and she's just like, I will sell this house today. And she's just like cleaning it up and like getting like cleaning it with a toothbrush. And she's just, you know, affirmating herself or whatever the word. And she's (laughs) like, I will sell this house. And then she's talking to herself and she's giving herself a pep talk. (laughs) She's literally like, in order to be successful, one must project an image of success at all times. Mm-hmm. Is, I mean, you know literally. why that just reminded me of that? Because just, that's like, very relevant. It's I'm so like, true. If that yeah. isn't us, like success, yeah, success follows success. Like if people have to think you, it's this weird dance where people have to think you already are successful in order to like trust you enough to make their event successful and it's like if you if you're not portraying the image of success and the image that you have it all together and that you're already knocking these events out of the park it's going to be difficult to get to have people give you the opportunity to knock their event out of the park absolutely so true, so true. you know so sometimes i'd be preaching <laughs> <laughs> caught me on a good day okay <laughs> yes um what's next what else do we have do you want to go to our submissions we want to keep chatting or okay okay yeah let's do that there's some like fun that I'm like curious as to what you're gonna say (laughs) yeah let's call this our lightning round too lightning round yes yes like this will be just like so some of our friends and viewers and supporters of the podcast had questions that they wanted to hear our opinions on and so we decided to open the floor to that and these are questions ranging multiple topics so let's do a lightning round where we just give our best quick answer to these probably very a little more we could have deeper conversations about all of them but let's just see what we can what we can touch on in this last 10 minutes yes so first up catering costs for 150 guests buffet versus plated because this depends entirely on like where you're at and what caterer. <laughs> exactly. And that's what, and I put in what contributes because I, I was thinking that one of us at least would touch on, it depends on what's contributing and what your meal choice is going to be. Um, yeah. And I think it also affects like what's included in that, like price per person cost. Yes. You know? yes. Mm-hmm. Some mm-hmm. caterers do like their flatware and China and stuff in their cost per person and some, line item it all out and some don't do it at all yeah some some of them are going to be all inclusive some of them are going to be you're going to have to source it as a client or have your planner help you source it um which there's pros and cons to any situation obviously if it's all buttoned up and ready to go that's saves you time if you want things to be a little more custom maybe you do want it separated and you're just paying for food on one bill and you're paying for rentals on another bill but buffet versus plated what are we I think like, okay, wait. So I think we can all agree. Generally speaking, plated is going to be more than buffet. Generally speaking, yes. Okay. But I feel like I have seen one or two instances where a buffet was more than plated or on par. Jesse, why would something like that have happened? Like if buffet is more costly than a plated dinner option? Yes. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I'm going to try to answer this as best as I can. <laughs> 
but <laughs> it did okay so with your plated options it really does depend on your protein too so like if you're getting a fish or a chicken or a beef versus like filet mignon or like a salmon <laughs> like those are going to vary in cost and typically what i've seen working at specific properties is that the first and second course will be included so we're just talking about food specifically like the first course will be a super salad second course is going to be your main entree which is going to have a starch veggie and a protein cool done um now with a buffet depending on what's included in that buffet um what i'm used to is there being two starters available um three proteins and two sides Mm. So I think ultimately the driver of what that buffet pricing is really going to be down to what is included in the number of protein sides and starters. Now with a buffet, let's say the buffet option is, okay, cool. Like you have two options of salads. Um, and then we have um, a client who's eager and just doesn't know too much about the specific item. They're like, okay, well, instead of two options for salads, like, why don't I just get one option? Wouldn't that make the price per person go lower if I'm just picking one salad versus two? Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, theoretically in your head, you're like, oh yeah, like, you know, now I don't have to get a whole different old salad. Yes, but now you're still having to supply enough salad of option A to fulfill what that second option would have been. So honestly, the price is kind of the same because you're yeah. still seeing that amount of people within being open for a certain amount of time versus a plated dinner that's like, here's your salad, here's your entree, mm -hmm. you're done. For yeah. a buffet, they, the kitchen catering team, um, chef ultimately have to prepare based on a certain amount of time that it's available, which is typically two hours. Mm -hmm. So if you're having two hours of meals, like ongoing consistently, like it does add a little bit higher pricing on that object. And then of course, what's being supplied on the buffet itself. And ultimately this goes down to the nitty gritty of like <laughs> what's being provided, like what is included with this price? Cause like you said, it could be broken down where it's like, cool, you get a protein, two sides. But if you pick this side, it's $7. But if you pick this other side, it's $9 mm -hmm. versus like being all included. So yeah. I mean, ultimate decision here, I feel like that can be a little bit more costly than a plated dinner. Um, you can save with a plated dinner, but then it kind of goes into like, okay, cool. Are you doing pre-selected choice of, or are you doing table side choice of? Mm. It's like, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> whole We're other ball game two other options for this <laughs> seriously see y'all there's not even like I think that people think they've thought things like all the way through and then there's like always an additional layer that can be considered that would affect pricing and affect like just the style of what your event could be yes great answer okay next elopement do's and don'ts mm. what are our thoughts um an elopement that's like real quick hey what's up right it's like yeah i guess yeah it's a real hey what's quick, up let's hey, get married up? <laughs> <laughs> that's our thoughts next <laughs> i think elopement technically qualifies as a it's typically just the legally required people are there so the couple and if you're in a state that requires witnesses you need witnesses there for it to count as a marriage and like an officiant um but I think like really it's about 
the fact that like it's a ceremony that happened at a venue like because a courthouse wedding isn't an elopement but it's a venue wedding typically you've left you've eloped off like you've gone somewhere else and eloped um and it's like a very very minimal guest count so what do you what do you keep in mind to do what are some things that you maybe shouldn't do honestly it really depends because you know, you can have a wedding that's 150, 200 guests, and you have a price per person cost associated all across for this wedding. And to me in my head, like, if you have a lower guest count, in my head automatically, like, that means that your price per person is, like, higher than that. So it's like, you know, depending on how you view it, we can go from being 750 or like a thousand per head for an event. But it's like, okay, if I have a wedding that's like 40, 50 people, like, and we're kind of doing the math and going, like that can easily be like two, three thousand dollars per person with that small event, depending on what it is. So it's hard because I feel like there's a lot more flexibility with a lower guest count or an elopement or like, cool, we're going to go do a ceremony real quick, but I want that ceremony space to be decked out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like what are your goals? Like that's the question I would ask back to the person. Like when you say you want to elope, what is it? What are your goals for your elopement? Are you still looking to have like a couple, like, are you still looking to have very, um, like you said, kind of decked out, space that you're in are you wanting to take photos is are is the photography important are you wanting a location that has multiple gorgeous backdrops um in nature or do you want to create floral arrangements that you can take photos with with just you and your spouse like there's a lot that goes into you just have to think about like what your actual end goal is do you want like a full photo album full of professional gorgeous pictures full of flowers do you want to go in the mountains or in a desert somewhere? Like there's, there's a lot that, that needs to be considered. And then just like with any wedding, you know, elopement doesn't necessarily like absolve you. It absolves you of some of the decision-making certainly because you don't have to accommodate a hundred people or more, but you still do have to do a little bit of homework and get your goals in line and speak with your spouse and your families or whoever is going to be involved you can't typically just like you need to look at like laws and permits and things like that. There's a lot of places that don't just allow you to show up and have a wedding. Um, you know, like don't just be like, yeah, we're going to get married here. Like, how are you getting to the top of that mountain? Where, you know, like, what are you, (laughs) you know, it's so romantic. And then it's like, you still have to do it. So like, make sure that your execution piece is thought out and that you understand that if you want to at a certain venue, there may still be a cost involved and they won't, care if you're eloping or not they're like here's the price for our space you know like it's it's this is the price so you may be thinking well it's just the two of us and like everything is price per head well some things aren't sometimes it's if you want a lot of flowers but you don't need flowers on your table some florists still have a minimum and you may you may need to be able to still meet that um if you're if you've been dying to work with a certain florist they're not they're not going to just let you spend like a hundred dollars or something they may say like look like my minimum is this and you need to figure out a way to meet that or look at a correct. different florist correct they're considering like a Wednesday night. correct correct consider a different <laughs> off peak day <laughs> um which you know if you and your spouse and your like i said your legal entities are available then have great it. go off <laughs> 
Love that. So yeah, that's, I would say do make a plan. Do and don't assume that just because you're eloping that you're going to pay pennies. Because if you have a high-end vision, high-end is high-end. Okay, but if for argument's sake, you're do, you're talking an elopement that is like a true elopement where it's like, yeah, the hey, what's you- up? <laughs> the like, <laughs> hey, what's up? A quick bride, hey, what's up? It killed me. <laughs> bride, groom, a witness. And I would say like at the bare minimum, you should still do some kind of fun photo shoot with each other because yeah. this is like the uh, marker of your next chapter of your life. So get dressed up, look hot. Do something fun and get a shit ton of pictures together. Even if you're literally just going to a courthouse, getting that marriage certificate and then courthouses can be pretty. Like most government buildings are like really gorgeous architecture and you can find a fountain somewhere nearby or go even sit in a coffee shop that you love. Like something that just make it personal. Do make it personal. Correct. I agree a thousand percent. Just because, yeah, like even if you're going to go have dinner at Cheddar's afterwards, like, like, know where the nearest cheddars is there's one around by me <laughs> <laughs> off 635 yes ma'am uh, oh, oh my goodness yes all that construction that you can't even i don't even know where the entrance to cheddars is i see the sign i couldn't tell you how to get in <laughs> that's funny oh my gosh okay, thoughts on pets at ceremonies this is a fun one. Oh, okay <clears throat> <laughs> I think I love it. I personally do. I have a a, a little stinker. His name is Oreo. Love oh. him. Oh. Yeah, I would love for him to be a part of wedding day. Absolutely. Um, but I think I, I also have to be realistic. Like, okay, this little dog, like, if he gonna go, he gonna go. Like, <laughs> even let's say it's like it's just timing. It really is all about timing. Um I've been in ceremonies where, you know, the cutest little dog participated. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, like, they raise a leg and start taking a piss. Like, <laughs> right oh! next to, like, the aisle runner. And I'm yeah. like, no like they are animals. Like, just because you put them in a little tuxedo jacket or give them a flower collar does not make them any less an animal. Yeah, because, like, it's little... Uh, tickles or you know cute dog name has to go they're gonna go like I have to go real quick so it's just like um, make it real quick I will say though that I did work with a family where the person who was taking care of the dog was literally like a dog trainer that have participated in like competitions girl loved it I I, (laughs) that dog like Ryan circles around me because I'm like okay cool like you like know a dog concierge almost yeah yes. like it knew what they were doing like in and out pictures were amazing and like it was a thing it was a hit but I think when you fall into scenarios where it's like oh why well, I really want like you know piglet piglet suda go to the dinner the reception all these names you're coming up with <laughs> I was like, piglet well, Sue. <laughs> Sue, like they already had their moment to shine they already walked down the aisle like next you know yeah. dogs can be like kids they get tired they get they bored do. they have energy Especially they need anxious. to run and play this is a formal event you know and if you're right. gonna expect them to act any different I would say like know your dog know your like pet. you know if your dog is you know if your dog is like not 
equipped to like manage themselves or manage (laughs) their energy or whatever and then you can't get mad or like some people I think are like in denial about how hyper their their dogs are how like cooperative or how well trained their dogs are um I've seen some really sweet docile dogs but yeah definitely know your animal know your pet and have a handler like Mm -hmm. of some sort they don't have to be like a Westminster uh you know whatever the other thing is certified trainer but just like at least have a shot caller a shot (laughs) thank you and somebody who's on standby in case you need to make a getaway yeah or Um, the tranquilizer and you're just like blow dart blow a dart at the dog or like have their have what they need like make sure you have like maybe not a squeaky toy but some sort of toy or some sort of like if they're gonna be there like through the ceremony like have treats have have your handler have treats some sort of device have some sort of thing it's literally like having a toddler pretend there's a toddler there who like is unpredictable (laughs) and could bust a move at any moment and just Yes, but I mean, I do overall, I love it. I think like making them like, like I said, the little dog flower collars are precious and darling. Yes. So darling. And I mean, my recommendation would also be just to have someone who's going to take them home, like after the ceremony, like during cocktail hour, have someone designated who's going to, they're going to miss cocktail hour, but have them put home and comfortable and then you know so you can enjoy the rest of the evening without worrying about the dog yes yes um okay last couple of things maybe we can let's see if you're not super close to mother of the bride or groom any of the the mothers do you still include them in getting ready things Mm, as the couple as the i guess bride or whoever's getting ready in this case like me myself being close or like the couple if like the, I'm assuming this question is asked from the perspective of like, I'm the bride and like, maybe I'm not as close with his mom yeah. or, or, my, or her own or, mom. or your own mom. Like if you're estranged or if it's like, you know, maybe not so much to like, so far as to say like estranged, but just not Tension. like the, maybe like warm fuzzies relationship, but it's like typically on a wedding day, you have mom in the hotel room and everybody's getting ready together and she's going to zip you into your dress. Like what are your thoughts on still including people who maybe you're not as close with but like including them for the memes gotcha um honestly I think this just comes down to like family dynamic or just like preferences of the bride or the groom and I think this is a conversation worth having beforehand just because I feel like with weddings and funerals, and I hate to even really relate the two, but like Mm -hmm. these are two occurrences where family that hasn't seen each other in such a long time come together as one. Yeah. Um, And if you have that immediate family, like mother of the bride, father of the groom, whatever role this may be, if biological or not biological, I think ultimately just on the closeness of the bride or groom or having that conversation and honestly just kind of going with it and what seems natural that day. Um, I will say I feel like I've seen certain occurrences where it's like, okay, like, you know, maybe the parents or the immediate family aren't as close, but like that day of like, there's a change of heart or 
yeah. something ended up happening that wasn't necessarily planned for, but kind of literally just played on its own and ended up being a part of something bigger there. So it's hard to say because, you know, I'm the type of person that's like, okay, cool, like, you know, water under the bridge, whatever scenario, whatever circumstance, or whatever family dynamic that looks like, like, it's just like, okay, like, I'm going to put that to the side. And like, this day is very special. We can either choose to remember it this way, or we can maybe do something about it and choose to remember it another way. And I think it just depends on everyone's comfort level. Like, Mm -hmm. don't know, like, how you will exactly be in that moment. And, you know, you can say that you've prepared for that or prepared to see someone or even prepared yourself to be in a situation that you've just been like, okay, I'm like psyching myself out or practicing. And it's like, you know, just be real. Like, you don't know how you're going to react in that scenario. You don't know how your said other person might react to. So I guess ultimately, like, I wouldn't completely dismiss it, but I would maybe act on how things feel or what feels right, or um, just having that option available in that moment and not completely taking it away, you know? Yeah. And I think like, I I completely agree. And I think like being, um, being like transparent about what, not really transparent is not the um, best word, but just knowing what would make you most comfortable and knowing if something's going to make you wildly uncomfortable. So like, don't do something or force a situation for the sake of like a photo, because it's going to show in the photos if you're uncomfortable. Yes, absolutely. And it's just even been like, even like uh, in personal weddings for myself that I've been in with like my own family, just like years ago or like way back when it's like, okay, like you can literally look back in photos and be like, okay, like these people are standing like two feet apart. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Also, I think too, one thing to consider and just throw it out there is like, kind of to like let's just say that it's like a step down from like kind of the level y'all are talking about where it's like there's like a lot more tension there and maybe it's just less so that there's like tension or anything like specifically awkward between the people but maybe there's just not enough of the warm and fuzzies you know like maybe they're just not close enough or something like maybe consider to just in general how the exclusion of that person could affect your relationship down the road oh yeah absolutely like what if like if it's something where it's like kind of a neutral situation or close enough to a neutral situation for now even if you're not super close is that something that's going to potentially bite you in the butt down the road because ultimately these are all people that you are more than likely going to have to interact with for the rest of your life (laughs) right that's a good point yeah I was just saying, yeah, you have to gauge it. I think, Jesse, your answer is great. Like, think about the full picture and don't do anything that you would be, like, very uncomfortable with. But if you Mm -hmm. feel like it's the pros outweigh the cons of having the person in your midst during the getting ready, you think it would make it better and less stressful and not more stressful, then air on you know air in whatever direction that you need to for that situation to be the most optimal that it can be you can also like set certain boundaries like if you want them to like be getting ready with you or like maybe set a time with them you know maybe is that a compromise where it's like we're having everyone um 
you know, we're having everyone get hair and makeup done and maybe they join you for a certain amount of time and they're not there like maybe when the photographer is there or whatever. Like there's some ways around it, I think, to navigate it that that can make it comfortable for all parties and not make it feel forced or like they're like awkward. Yes. Excellent. All right. We got one last one. <laughs> These were not very lightning. <laughs> I well darn <laughs> in a good way we're giving wonderful nuggets of wisdom um okay, yeah, what, yeah, is, yeah. what is the craziest thing my mind immediately goes to like our running sticky notes from the arboretum we used it's, to have the yep. wall of fame yep i literally <laughs> right there with you what is the craziest thing a couple has asked for during their wedding prep oh okay so okay when you say wedding prep like what do you mean i guess let's say like let's say during the planning process, like just like a crazy request. That's like one of those things that you would never imagine someone would ask you for, for their wedding. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay. The first one one that comes to mind is um, it was event day and I'm telling you these stories at my (laughs) previous life at a venue. Um, I'm getting emails from someone from the family and they're like, on the day of the wedding, this was, yes, it was the day of the wedding. Oh, okay. And it was like, okay, Hey, like, um, I really need your help. And I was like, okay, like, you know, what's up? Like, absolutely. And they're like, you know what? Um, so-and-so for my family isn't going to be coming with the person they're coming with anymore um and they're actually coming with their wife now so because their wife is coming like we need the name that's on the escort chart removed <laughs> like immediately because this is about to happen and like these emails are coming in i want to say maybe like an hour and a half before are you saying that they were originally slated to be attending the wedding with another romantic partner that was they were not married to correct and that fell through and now their spouse is attending (laughs) but their side piece's name is on the escort chart yes (laughs) be for real (laughs) drew swear and i was just like um wow okay I was like this sure also written in an email like <laughs> and I'm just like okay I'm, I'm gonna do what I can like this seating chart like has already been printed <laughs> like <laughs> it's it's done it's there so honestly I couldn't tell you what the solution was but like it worked something happened oh my god. and I was just like oh my god like I did not expect this at all to like be happening and like it wasn't anyone part of like the wedding party, but it was just um it was just like one of their guests attending. But I was like, well, yeah, we need to fix this. How ballsy do you have to be to not only be cheating on your wife, but to RSVP with your mistress's name for like formal wedding stationery? Like you that wrote someone wild. else's name. And you were going to bring her to this wedding. 
I'm in shock. Like, I don't even actually have. <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, was it a girl or a guy's name? I don't even remember. See. <laughs> oh, see. Yeah. It might have been. See. Look. <laughs> Look. This is not like that's not the forum to be introducing your side piece. To, like, don't do that. Don't have people like in any for any any way that you swing. Like, you don't you don't bring a person that you're romantically involved with that, and everybody knows you have a wife. Like, I just can't get over it. It's uh, that is crazy, that is wild. I think that puts almost anything um, that I had in my head to shame. Like, <laughs> that yeah. is wild. That's very much crazy and wedding prep. I was going to say probably my craziest um, occurrence was Arboretum was when the was at the gardens. And I did have somebody seriously ask me if they could set a cannon off during their rehearsal dinner because it was a dream of their fiancés. The husband or the groom had always wanted to light a cannon. And so he wanted to light a cannon and set it off in the gardens during their um, rehearsal dinner, which we were hosting at the venue. So I've never quite heard anything like that. <laughs> and I haven't heard anything like that, that is since. real random, too. It's very random. It's like, yeah, I just always wanted to light a cannon. I'm like, this is not a college football game. <laughs> we will not be doing anything of the sort. It's like which when also, you get you an email I, like that, like where do you acquire a cannon from that can be easily transported to that too? That, I which, guess they figure, oh, they have them at the circuit. I have no clue. Like I really don't. We didn't get any further than that. It was just the question was asked, and I was like, I mean, I'll ask, but I'm mostly gonna go tell people so we can laugh at you. Say, <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, oh my, my boss. <laughs> Someone wants to set off a cannon in the Arboretum. Is that a yes or a no? <laughs> and it got added to the wall of shame. No. Yeah, big no. Okay, big no. Rachel? I'm trying to think. I feel like mine was, you know, and there were so many things that we added to that wall that I just admired every day that sometimes I can't remember which ones were mine and which ones were somebody else. But I do I know. vaguely remember somebody requesting to have a hawk deliver the rings at the arboretum that was a and, good one yes and they wanted to have the hawk swoop in and do the rings um Blame. but like <laughs> there there are animals about at the arboretum and squirrels and it was just like the last thing we need is for this hawk to get hungry and like while these little kids are nearby just swoops down and snatches a squirrel and just it was it <laughs> It was too much, anyway. So I, I, I guess they requested that specifically. I know. <laughs> yeah, like some of this, they I, and it's like, what are you a falconer? Like I don't get like what inspires. <laughs> they the were things. not. I did ask. I was curious as to like what inspired that request, and probably some like thing they saw in a movie. Like I think so. Like, we saw it in Braveheart, and <laughs> we, we want it for our wedding. The my favorite one that was not ours. I remember because it was corporate, and we were primarily wedding focused. But our the ear. Somebody wow. asked our corporate sales manager, um, they were part of like a cochlear ear implant or some sort of like hearing aid technology company. And they were hosting a, a company party at the Arboretum. And they asked if a topiary could be created using a hedge, a shrub from the garden that was cut and manicured 
to be shaped like a human ear. No. What? They asked if our horticulture department could create a human ear topiary or flowers or just something, something floral representing an ear. Some sort of dedication to it. Yeah. And I'm like, um, I mean, I mean after, seeing, <laughs> after seeing some of the other recent displays, like with the peacocks, when they had that, I'm like, okay, sure. now it doesn't seem like such an unreasonable request. But at the time we were like, well, uh, it's certainly not part of our event offerings. You know, it's right. like, that's for the garden and the horticulture has created that for the garden. But like, that's not an event. Like when you book your event here, our actual on-site garden team will like develop custom like, what would we do with the ear after your event? <laughs> yeah, what would we do? It would just be part of the garden. Just be an ear. So, yeah, crazy things. And there's more, again, that we could write an encyclopedia's worth. But we should start that project. Should. Well, Archive. Jesse, thank you for joining us. You're such a gem. Of course. It's been super fun and definitely happy to be a part of such a fun discussion with such awesome people. Oh, thank you. You're awesome. <laughs> well, again, follow Jesse on Instagram at events with Jesse, J E S S E. Uh, fabulous things, fabulous creative things. He's with Pop Parties, which is another fabulous planner, a planning firm here in Dallas. Um, please rate and review us as always. Please submit your indictments on cordiallyindicted.com. Okay. Uh, you can submit your funerals and your dis the brides and your its takings and your questions and answers. I think this was a really fun format. Maybe we'll, if we get another like slew or a log of questions, we can do another kind of rapid fire style, just casual question and answer type thing. Um, hope you had fun. We're on spotify pandora amazon anywhere you can find your podcasts <laughs> anywhere i think we're officially anywhere you can find podcasts we can yeah. truly say that with our chest so hey. thank you so much please rate and review and we will catch you on the next one bye bye, bye. see y'all soon so <laughs>